And so this morning, I've entitled the, the message, The Secret of an Unsinkable Life. The Secret of an Unsinkable Life. Storms of life, or storms and life, go together. I doubt that you can find any place on earth where you can completely save yourself from trauma, tension, trouble. But I believe that we can learn the secret of enduring without sinking. Our need is not to think of ways to get away from the storms, but to learn the secret of going through the storms. I believe that in Matthew chapter 5, 6 and 7, lays the, the blueprint, the recipe for an unsinkable life. A blueprint that gives us values, helps us to make decisions that not only have eternal implications, but they have effects on the here and now. Jesus concludes one of the greatest sermons ever preached. He does it with comparison truths. This sermon is famous. It's profound. It's convicting. It's timeless. It's relevant and it's penetrating. And it shows to us the true essence of, of real righteousness. And as he concludes this great sermon, he does so with comparison truths. Two gates, two trees, and two houses. He not only has a comparison, a contrast, but he brings a clear conclusion. The one we'll look at this morning is the one on houses, which really reflects building techniques and images of our lives, approaches we can take as, as, we, as we build. So if they put up for us Matthew chapter 7, you're familiar with it, and let us examine it. <clears throat> he has... Remember now, he has basically preached his sermon. And he says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. Remember it from kids, don't we? We sing the song, the wise man built his house upon the rock. All right. The rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. 
But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Thank you. Relevant truths for our lives. Number one, you are a builder. Every house is built by some man. That's right. Every life, you know, is a building process. And so you are a builder. There are four sifting sands that I want to reference, and then, of course, the rock foundation, but that you probably don't want to build your life on. Number one is popular culture. Just doing what others are doing. It'll change tomorrow. And there's one of value, but it also has its limitations, and that's tradition. Tradition should never be put before truth. The next sand is reason. Because reason isn't infallible. Now the way that seems right unto man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. They cannot be your foundation. And then, probably the most popular is emotion. Emotion or feelings. If you build with emotions, you will spend your life manipulated by your moods. And then, of course, there's the one that's always reliable, and that's the Word of God. So let's do the comparison of these two guys, these two houses. You will notice that they both had the same vision. Their dreams were the same. Their desires and their longings, they were the same. Their view was for the future. Their houses looked the same. Because they both wanted to build a house. Number one, they wanted to build a life worth living. They wanted a life that's significant. Wanted life is vibrant and dynamic and strong. That's not abnormal.
family and a, a strong, stable, vibrant, alive, and, and committed and safe. This passage of scripture that we read, Jesus is teaching to us, represents the major ideals of Christian life. As you walk through them, you're going to see that there's prayer, there's justice, there's care for the needy, there's salvation, there's belief, brotherly care. There's, it's doctrines and principles that govern the lives of those that belong to the kingdom. But look at the comparison. Both men... Listen to divine truth. They listened to divine truth. They heard the same words. Because of the close proximity of it, they probably both had the same instructor. They both made themselves available for divine input. So you see... We're not talking about one man having a love for truth and the other man having a disdain for it. They both want to see things rise from the ground, you know, and onto higher ground. They both faced the same storm. There are storms that enter life that produce sorrow, testings, hopelessness, disappointment, unfairness, persecution, loss, attacks that happen to your body, finances, things that try to steal your peace, storms. So it becomes apparent that they lived in relatively the same neighborhood because it's the same storm. This is not a moderate storm. This is a hurricane force storm. There's rain, there's flood, there's winds, and houses getting knocked down. I saw a picture, and you probably saw it too. Recently, the major disasters that have been running across our land. And this one neighborhood, there was nothing but debris everywhere except right in the middle of the neighborhood stood a house. It didn't even look like it was in the storm. And so when they asked the owner and the builder, he couldn't attest to anybody else's, but he said, I built it, I built it according to the rules that they had set. Rules, he said, that they said, 
a hurricane would not be able to take it down. Fact is that everyone is affected by negative realities of life, whether it's your ministry, whether it's your family. Everybody gets rained on. And I don't say that flippantly. I'm not saying that everybody's storm is the same either. But in this case, the storms were the same. Life will have its moments of tears. It really will. And then Jesus goes on to talk to us and tell us about the difference of these two people and their character. And he says, one is wise and one is foolish. And so when he says one is wise and one is foolish, it's not an indicator of their mental capacity. Oh. It's a revelation of the true character and the perspective of life. As Jesus said in another place that they viewed life as let's eat, drink, and be merry because tomorrow we're going to die. It was all about the now. And so he tells us that one applies spiritual truth. He references him as being wise. He's got a balanced life, and the other fails to follow through. He lives life to himself. He miscalculates the weather. But I may know it's not always going to be sunny. Short-sighted. Peter in his epistle, writes about short-sightedness. And he speaks about the progressiveness of growing, the progressiveness of adding to faith virtue and, you know, virtue patience. And, you know, you know what that is? In simple terms, it's just growing up. A two-year-old does not have patience. But a 20-year-old should have just a little more patience. It's just pure growing up. It's, It's not really complicated. There is an aspect of the the fool's heart and the fool's perspective that can reach a dimension and a dynamic that says there's no God. There is, but different foundations, this contrast. It's really about two paths which people walk through life in. Two paths. 
we discover that the path really does have a lot to do with withstanding storms. Yes. Building a house with understanding the one did. How do we do that? We trust God's wisdom when life is confusing. We, we rely on God's strength when we are weak. We look beyond the present heartache to God's purpose and God's eternal glory. Yes, we run to God rather than away from Him. Wisdom, wise house. What does a wise house look like? What are some of the dynamics of a wise house? Solid foundation, a secure structure. It was Proverbs that says, wisdom has built her house. Wise wisdom. She has hewn out seven pillars. There's some things that go into this house. It's called prudence or common sense. It's called knowledge with discretion. It's called the fear of the Lord. These are all in the book of Proverbs, the pillars. Counsel. You need people in your life. Sound wisdom, and that means, you know, that you behave in your relationships. When you have understanding, things not always as they seem. And then there is power in wisdom. But even with those, I like to draw us to the character of wisdom. Because there are two different sources of wisdom. Wisdom from below is, James says, it's devilish. But here's what he says is the character of, of wisdom. It's first of all pure. See, common sense and prudence has to have the right character to it. It's pure. It's peaceable. Even if you're sure, you need to be peaceable. It has gentleness with it. You can be right, but you need to be gentle. 
There's reasonableness. This is James. It's helpful. There's a humility about it, and then there's a sincerity about it. Distinguishing, he is. You'll notice between wisdom that's from above and the wisdom that's from below. These two people, house builders, experienced two different results. One stood and the other fell. Which house do you want to build? I know, but I'm confident which house you want to build. But he said it stood because I went and found out, you know, what were the rules in how to build to be able to withstand the hurricanes because I'm building in Hurricane Alley. <laughs> Not so much where you build, it's how you build. When he says that the foundation is key to the whole structure. And the foundation has to have a starting point. Because a crooked foundation, you know, is going to also create you some problems and trouble. But Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. To start life, you constantly, you know, line life to the one who is our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ. That one where we rest on the truths of God's word. We're not just merely listening to it. I think you'd agree with me this morning. There's a big difference between worshiping God when all is well and worshiping God when all is wrong. This wonderful book, and I will just narrow it down to, you know, so it's easy to ingest uh, or digest, and that is Matthew 5, 6, and 7. There's a whole book here, but we just start with Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Remember the one in there, what we call a Sermon on the Mountain, the Beatitudes? It's quite a layout, isn't it? Quite a layout. There's there's a blueprint for building. It's a blueprint. And the blueprint is not merely for information. This is not merely for information of divine truth. No. It is the ingredients of the foundation. Matthew 24 says, 
Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my words will never pass away. Somebody said, I would rather be standing on the word of God than standing with angels. Or standing any place in the universe. I'd rather be standing on the word of God. This is not merely to inform the body of the menu of truth. It is to partake of the meal. They were both informed. They both were subjected to the word. One took it as a meal. The other, it was just information, but not applied. Knowledge in this discourse, Jesus is telling us, has got to be applied. He's saying that theory has to become practice, that theology must become life. I hope it's not too hard, but it's more than a Bible under your arm or on your coffee table. They both had those. One heard only, or both heard and only one, one did. Aren't you glad that that you're building on the right foundation? That you're following the, the blueprint? And that you're listening to the architect I mean, you know, in the, in the practical realm, give me a blueprint. I don't understand all of those drawings. But let an architect sit down beside me and it'll help me to understand them. That's what the Holy Spirit does. So I know you're not going to really get it. You're not going to really understand it, but I'm going to send my spirit and he's going to help you figure out what all of those things are, are about. When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he's, he, he'll lead you. He will teach you. He will guide you. He will assist you. He, he will help you with your building. And he'll always speak of Jesus. Somebody give the Lord a praise. Yeah. He says, I'm always going to point you back to the chief cornerstone. You're going to always align it up to make sure, for lack of better vernacular, the string is, is straight. You see, when you adhere to 
God's word, the storm does not have the last say. It doesn't. To building an, an unsinkable life, you've really got to interact with the Bible. Help me out, church. You got to interact with the Bible. All right? You got to read your Bible. Whoever looks into this book intentionally, whoever looks into this book of life, You got to read your Bible. Amen. Come on, amen. Thank you. I mean, this is this is you know this is one on one church. You got to review your Bible. He who continues in the perfect law of liberty. You say, Pastor, what about grace? That's where grace leads you. It really does. You got to remember the Bible. I have to work on it harder than ever to remember the Bible now. I have to make up the deficits. And then you got to respond to the Bible. You got to do it. You got to read, you got to study, you got to memorize, you got to apply. You got to turn what God teaches into action. James got us pretty straight, didn't he, when, as we read in this, in please, this is not a condemnation, you know what I mean? But he says, he says, you know, you're not doing somebody a whole lot of good if you just tell them, you know, God bless you. When you could take your billfold out and bless them. <laughs> I didn't write it. <laughs> Church, I, I don't know what storms are coming. And, and, you know, if it never come, great. We still want a house that represents and, 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 and portrays the master. How many know that houses have been falling right and left in America? Seriously, church, they have been. You cannot, I mean, it's not just one headline during the day. If you happen to run through, there will be headline after headline after headline of houses falling. (coughs) 
building an unsinkable spirit. It's more than the level of desire. It's more than in the quality of intent. And it's more than just in appearance. What is it? It's when you do, it's what you do with God, what God said. Jesus, he says, he who has my commandments and keep them, it is he who loves me. And then the good news is that he who loves me is going to be loved by my father and I will love him and manifest myself to him. You know, imagine this, this supernatural God encounters, you know what I mean? This getting acquainted with God and God getting acquainted with you that gets, begins to go on in your life. It's like a pathway. First John 5 and 3, this is the love of God that you keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. Hallelujah. (laughs) Christian, you don't have a hard life. The way of the transgressor is hard. I don't know if I should read this one. But I will. (laughs) Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father. Would I be too hard? And would it be right that God is not interested in your miracles? He's interested in your obedience. Somebody give the Lord a praise. He's not interested in your miracles, and I say that respectively. For many will come to me in that day and say, have I not, you know, cast out and prophesied and done everything? But he says, I I just don't know you because a relationship wasn't strong enough that you were committed to me. Now, let me tell you something. This is not a message for the sinner. Understand that. This is a message for the church. Okay? You don't take these and give them to sinners. You take the cross, the love, the pardon, all of that. But you're believers this morning. I want to help you with your house. Say you get a storm, and how do you, what time is it? Oh, way past. Let my musicians come, quickly. Did God love? 
the foolish man. Absolutely. God loved the foolish man. So it's not an issue of God's love. Stand with me. Would you put it back up, Andy? Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock. Isn't it follow through? Isn't that the, the term? Follow through. Follow through. Follow through. Application. Your one of the goals in your life is, is not just to get saved. But it's to build a house. A house of faith. A house that can sit in the midst of any neighborhood. And when the storms of that life and neighborhood is over, it stands there and really becomes a refuge and a point of draw. It's not things that the enemy is after. It's your faith and your confidence in God. It is. Job, he, he lost all his things. But... His faith could not be moved. And if you want to see God step in, it's when everything gets removed 
and you're still standing strong in faith in God. We see it in Abraham. As he stood there with his son on the altar with a knife in his hand, unmoved. I'm trusting God. I'm trusting God. I don't know that I've reached that, but I know that it's possible because God's no respecter of persons and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And sometimes we've got to fight for it, Clayton. Do. Sometimes you've got to put up a battle. The conflict is strong. The opposition is, is greater than you. But your eyes are not so much on the circumstances, what I get or what I don't get. It's on the one, the one and only who gave it all. He gave it all. Hallelujah. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and who, in whom the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. For he shall be like a tree that's planted by the rivers of water. In the time of drought, in the time of storm, nothing is going to move him. I say all of that to conclude with this is that because of your faith in Jesus Christ because of your love for him and your you know your obedience to the degree and the level that you understand your house is safe Hallelujah. Your house is safe. Let's say it again. My house is safe. Hallelujah. He is not trying to put a, a pressure on. He's trying to show you the security of your house because you've made Jesus Christ Lord of your life. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Amen. You might not have it all perfect, but you've got the cornerstone. Hallelujah. And the building might be in progress, but it. he said that he who has begun a good work in you will finish it. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. We might have a little ways to go, and yes, we do, but our house is safe, Clayton. Hallelujah. Our house is safe today. Amen. Your house is safe is the word of the Lord to this church and to the body of believers this morning that your house is safe, irrespective of the storm. Sing it as you greet one another and go your respective ways and go with the anointing into your future. Praise God. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.